Ah, it's September. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, my goodness, the switch has been thrown. It was uh, 51 degrees in my backyard when I woke up this morning. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's like that first day of school weather, right? Right. Although it's not really the first day of school in a lot of places, but has that feeling that you get after Labor Day where, yeah, it's actually chilly. I woke up and I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to wear long sleeves biking into work today. The temperature this morning was 34 degrees somewhere in Minnesota. Oh. And I can't remember where Bemidji, or was it? Was it Hibbing? I can't remember. My goodness. Well, so yeah. it's okay because what's interesting is the various media personalities will often go through the, the various airports that report generally hourly. And so you can get kind of real-time temperature data from them. What's interesting is in the climate office, we generally don't include those as valid readings. So there might be a, an airport, for example, Grand Rapids or uh, maybe Big Fork or something like that, that reports a really low temperature. We wait until, and I'm, I think you know about this, Jim, the, the daily temperature and precipitation readers who use little higher quality instrumentation that's more standardized. We wait for their data to come in, and that's usually not until the next morning, although Sometimes it's the same morning, depending on what time they take their observations. So it'll be a few hours before we know what the lowest temperature around Minnesota was. But you're right here on Monday, the 13th of September, we definitely had some uh, northern Minnesota airport stations that were in the 30s. The Ely Airport, even at 8 a.m., was still in the 30s, for example. So uh well, you can get frost just about any time of year way up north, but we're definitely entering that that frost season in northern Minnesota. Well, Kenny, you and I have talked about this before in previous episodes, and uh, it always seems that right after the state fair, right after Labor Day, that somehow a switch is thrown and it goes from, rather abruptly I might add sometimes, from uh, summer to fall. And we certainly have noticed that waking up some mornings when there's been a certain crispness in the air that wasn't there in late August. And today was the day it really kind of hit me in the in the face when I got yeah. out this morning and I thought, it is downright chilly this morning. And there was a lot of dew on the grass, so it was kind of damp. And I thought, this has not only the feel, but kind of the smell of fall too. Oh, the smell of fall. I love it. And, and, you know, pretty soon, and maybe even this morning, walk along by the creek or by the, an area lake, and you'll see that steam rising off of it. And that's the, ooh, that's, that's, that's a good one. Because what that is, is the warmer water left over from the hot summer, you know, in any summer. But this summer in particular, we didn't have much water, so it was easy for it to get warm. And then you see that steam because that's the water, essentially, the warm water basically being evaporated into the cooler air. And the way that that works is really interesting. The water essentially warms the air right above it. And then that warm air then pulls some of the water off of the surface and puts it into the atmosphere as humidity. So you see that steam and then it and then it very quickly saturates that air right above the uh 
right above the water. So you see this steam coming off and it's a sign that your water is cooling down fairly rapidly, in fact. And we, we tend to lose a lot of standing water, you know, basically through early November, from about early, early mid-September right into early November, you lose a lot to evaporation. But what you're, what you're observing, Jim, is, uh, you know, it's all those terms that people, I'd say a typical person slept through or tried not to pay attention to. But as you get into fall, the intensity and the duration of sunlight declines, and that shuts down. Here's the big one, Jim, photosynthesis. And without, and remember, the easy way of thinking of photosynthesis is that's just sunlight activating living things, uh, plants. And when the photosynthesis shuts down because the sunlight intensity and duration isn't great enough, then the, the plants stop essentially sustaining themselves. So all of those seasonal plants, hardwood trees and grasses in particular, and many crops, they just stop production. And once they stop production, they, they stop sharing moisture that they conduct through their various systems with the atmosphere. The atmosphere gets a little bit drier. We're not quite at that point yet, but on a good cool morning, um, you can certainly notice that you know some of the things have really slowed down. Well, we did bid farewell to meteorological summer on August 31st. We now, of course, are in meteorological fall. Astronomical fall still a little ways off for us. So, Kenny, let's go back and look at the month of August. What was August like for us from a climate perspective? Yeah, so August was another warm month. It was a good warm month, but it wasn't like June. But it was, you know, it was up there. And it had highly varied rainfall. So, basically, if you lived in the southern part of the state and parts of western Minnesota, you actually did pretty well with precipitation during August, above normal from you know, the Twin Cities, uh, west-northwestward through Alexandria, all the way south to the Iowa border. Parts of far southeastern Minnesota got absolutely dumped on again. There actually, there's no drought in far southeastern Minnesota. And then, you know, kind of hit or miss areas in, in western and northwestern Minnesota also had above normal precipitation in August, but then a big swath of northeast minnesota failed to have normal precipitation again this was the area you know st louis and lake and parts of cook county way up in far northeast minnesota where they they struggled to get even two inches of precipitation so uniformly it was warm uh, across the state there was actually more heat in terms of like hot weather in northern minnesota than in southern minnesota so for example jim uh, international Falls had eight days, 90 degrees or higher. So you should have been in International Falls. Twin Cities only had four of those days during August. Rochester had none. So it was an interesting kind of reversal of the geographic pattern of hot weather. You know, it really just had to do with the configuration of the high pressure and low pressure systems that were affecting us. But yeah, so it was kind of a hot month in northern Minnesota and more of a warm month in, in southern Minnesota, and then it was uh, very wet in parts of southern Minnesota and very dry in uh, northeast Minnesota. And that kind of capped off the whole summer. Is that where you're going to go next? Ask a, Absolutely. How, uh, what was the summer of 2021 like for us in Minnesota? Well, you know, here in the climate office, we've been kind of battling a, a, some misconceptions that folks have, because when you look at the 
average seasonal temperature across across the state of Minnesota is actually the second highest that we have on record. So it was a warm summer for sure, second only to 1988. And that's true in a few places. And several individual locations actually had their warmest summer on record. The misconception that we're kind of working with, you know, is that people tend to say, oh, well, it's the hottest summer on record. Well, here's the thing. What is hot? You know, I know how Jim Dubois, he likes it. He likes it high. He likes it 90 or better. Yes. He wants to, he, he wants to <laughs> earn his relief. Uh, you know, whatever lemonade he's going to drink later on, he wants to earn it. And I think that's how a lot of us really think of hot weather. If it's, if it's 90 or higher, or maybe you have, uh, you know, really uh, like the highest temperature of the summer is higher or as high as anything you've observed. We didn't have that. International Falls is probably the one station, and there's a couple sprinkled around northern Minnesota where we have to give it to them. They had legitimately hot summers by their own standards. Uh, So far northern Minnesota, it was a hot, hot summer, and it was potentially the hottest on record. But when you look into southern and central Minnesota, uh, and that's where a lot of these terms are being generated, you know, around the Twin Cities. This was nowhere near our hottest summer because we've had summers, you know, we didn't even rank in the top 10 for a number of days above 90 degrees. And our highest temperature of summer didn't even crack 100 degrees in the Twin Cities. And, you know, you've got a couple dozen other years where that did happen. So, you know, it, it was a very warm summer, no doubt about it. And we saw some of the highest temperatures that we have recorded on a seasonally averaged basis. That means you take the average from June, July, and August, no doubt about it, warm, warm summer. And some parts of the state were hot. We just aren't comfortable saying this was our hottest summer yet because anybody who experienced 1988 would say, yeah, what about that one? Or people who just know the history and know what happened in, say, in 1936, for example, when you know, there was 14 days in July in a row where the temperature was 90 or higher. And I think something like eight of those days, it was over a hundred degrees and including our all time high temperature record. And since we weren't anywhere near those types of metrics, you know, this is where, uh, you know, dorky climatologists get, you know, we just like to keep people on message a little bit here because, um, if you live in Portland, Oregon, for example, they absolutely had some of the hottest weather they ever recorded. No doubt about that. And we can't really claim to have had the same experience that Portland had. And we want to make sure we use those types of terms when we know we did have that kind of summer. And we haven't had that one yet. So hopefully it's not coming, but you know, gosh, it seems like almost anything can happen now. How is our drought situation shaping up? Yeah, that's a good question. So you probably noticed, Jim, nice green, lush vegetation in South Minneapolis. Oh, yes, it came back. It came back. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, you know, Minnehaha Falls came to life. This allows, I think, people in southern Minnesota in particular to kind of forget what else is going on. So in the Twin Cities area, we got a good push of precipitation, and certainly southern Minnesota has done better. We still have large deficits, uh, anywhere from 
four to eight inches, depending on where you are in most of Southern Minnesota, parts of Southeastern Minnesota, there's effectively no long-term deficit now. And so it's not clear how long they'll remain in official drought conditions. But in Northern Minnesota, where the precipitation was a little more spotty and in many cases scarce, the drought, if anything, intensified during August. And, you know, I I think if I were in Northeast Minnesota with all the fires from the summer, I would not be resting on our laurels just yet because they didn't get as much precipitation as other parts of the state. And they're coming into that same thing we just described, the whole mechanism that makes it crisp in the fall. That also dries out standing living vegetation. So if you've already had really dry conditions and then the dry season kicks in where you don't have photosynthesis, so you don't have that evapotranspiration where the water comes out of the plants and goes into the atmosphere, that's really when the main fire weather season is. So parts of Northeastern Minnesota have a two-year deficit going back to February of 2020. So it's like 18 or 19 month deficit on the order of uh, a foot of rainfall or precipitation. So they're really low. They need more precipitation. They're coming into their dry season. Uh, Much of Northern Minnesota is still in that extreme level of drought officially. And we still have a little swath of Northwestern Minnesota, kind of from the International Falls area through Red Lake. That remains in what's called D4 or exceptional drought, the highest level of drought on the U.S. drought monitor. So I would say Southern Minnesota can feel a bit better. We're still behind, but we're in a much better position than Northern Minnesota where they haven't had as much help and where the deficits are much larger. So what do the weather trends look like in the days and maybe weeks ahead? Anything interesting uh, that you've seen? Yeah, actually, uh, the most interesting thing starts, I mean, there's one shot today, that's Monday Uh, September 13th. I I don't think it's a major outbreak of severe weather, but, you know, the Storm Prediction Center has indicated a slight risk of severe weather over parts of southern Minnesota, basically south of the Twin Cities. I think I-90, that kind of I-90 area, and maybe a little bit north into, say, Mankato and Red Wing. So a chance for severe weather this evening And uh, heavy rain would also be possible over parts of southern and central Minnesota. Again, I don't think this is the event of the year at all, but uh, there's a chance that, you know, decent signal that some areas are going to get another one to two inches. Kind of, I don't know if it's irony, but a lot of that rain looks most likely in the areas that, you know, need it the least. Um, They'll take it. I think it's good to put it in the bank when you're in a drought, put as much water in the bank as you can, but there are parts of northeastern Minnesota that probably won't see anything from this. Uh, then we move into a really warm pattern, especially as we get you know later into the week and into the weekend. The uh, outlook from the Climate Prediction Center has an 80% chance likelihood of being above normal for temperatures in the 6 to 10 day period and in the 8 to 14 day period. So we're getting, you know, right to around the fall equinox and, and slightly after that. Um, so, you know, September 18th through basically 25th or so, 26th, that period has a, a very high likelihood of being above normal for temperatures. And depending on where in the state you are, potentially anyway, above normal for precipitation. Uh, essentially what the models are showing is we move into kind of a, a warm and stormy pattern. 
Now, we've seen this before. Uh, my colleague and I will joke about, oh, every time it looks like the whole state of Minnesota is about to get really warm and really wet, it ends up being that southern Minnesota gets pounded and northern Minnesota just gets hot. <laughs> so I'm not betting on anything yet. All I know is that the professional forecasters are looking ahead and seeing a lot of precipitation chances. The European model, which is one of the highly regarded forecasting models, shows uh, several inches of precipitation over parts of Minnesota over the next nine, 10 days. Again, is that really what's going to happen or is, is it just going to hit Rochester again? That right now, I can't tell you, but it does look like a, a warmer pattern. You know, so another chance of showers and thunderstorms on Thursday and then again over the weekend. And then again, we get into a really warm pattern by the end of the weekend where we could have some 90s creeping back into Minnesota if things uh, hold up for Sunday. Well, it may be meteorological fall, but it sounds like summer-like weather is going to persist for a while. Yeah, I mean, you'll like it, Jim. I'll like it, too. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, and it, it'll still be relatively humid. So we're not yet to that uh, hot, dry type of fall weather that sometimes you get. So we'll we'll have to see. It's not quite the same as what you get in July, but, uh, you know, it could be an interesting time. So starting with today, Thunderstorms very likely over parts of southern and central Minnesota, almost guaranteed somewhere in that region this evening with severe weather, most likely south of the Twin Cities, and then other chances late in the week and over the weekend. Well, keep an eye on the sky and an ear or an eye to your favorite source of weather information. And uh, Kenny, great chatting with you as always. Uh, Enjoy, and we'll check in with you again next week. Great. Thanks. Good talking with you too, Jim. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll catch you next time.